welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and back on the show today is actress Kristen Johnston. And we're going to be talking about her craft and career in the business of show. You know her from Third Rock from the Sun. She also starred as Wilma Flintstone in the Flintstones movie Viva Rock Vegas and as Holly Franklin in the sitcom The Exes. She has a long, long, long resume, and she's now a series regular on the CBS sitcom Mom. Before we uh, get into it with Ms. Johnston... Start Me Up is a listener-supported show, and I rely on people like you who listen to the free shows to support the podcast by becoming a monthly patron. I don't have corporate backing, and I produce the show all by myself, and right now I'm not even using any advertisers. So please consider supporting the show um, just maybe a dollar a month. You won't even miss it, and it really, really does help things move along. Any dollar amount is welcome. Five dollars gets you access to our twice-a-month segment and another thing. That's where we talk a little bit, we cry a little bit, we laugh a little bit. Sometimes it's about politics, sometimes it's about body image. It's always different, and it's always interesting. So uh, please consider signing up today. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup and uh, sign up. I would appreciate it. And now my interview with Kristen Johnston. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, but I need to let you know that you have to stay in your own lane. (laughs) (laughs) On my podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. It just makes me crazy. It really does. I know. For those of you who don't know, we're both bitching about the fact that we're constantly, and we're not the only ones, being told what we should and shouldn't post on Twitter. Yeah, you know, and usually it's really, they're totally well-intentioned. It's yeah. not like, you know, they're jerks about it, but they're like, don't do that. Oh, don't say yeah. that. You should delete this. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't come on yours and tell you what to, what, don't get, ups- the worst is when they say, don't get upset about something. I'm right. like, look, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have shared it if I wasn't like upset about it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like saying, don't call, you know, calm down or something. I know, it's know? really frustrating. And the thing is, is that, if it happens like once, it's just one thing. But it, if you're online a lot and you have a large following and all of that, it's like you hear it all the time. Yeah, like thirty times an hour. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. It's gotten so bad that usually now, after I tweet something, I actually just mute the conversation, which is a <laughs> bummer and kind of yeah. against everything Twitter's about. But like, I just can't take the helpful advice anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love when people, I don't mind arguing or (laughs) someone saying, you know, that's incorrect or I disagree. That's cool. I'm into that. I just don't want them to tell me what I should care about or not care about, you know? Yeah, it's really, it's really frustrating. And I mean, I've been, I've been doing, you know, the online thing for as long as everyone else. And it's just, especially when you're a woman, you get it. And it it is a lot of the times well-intentioned, but it's like, you just need to stop because it's my, my freaking page and I'll post what I want. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, honestly, I I wouldn't have shared it if it wasn't something that actually meant something to me on some level, you know, so if it doesn't upset you, that's great. Just scroll by it. But, you know, on by. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it's just sort of, it's it's more, um, it just sort of adds up, yeah. you know, it's like once in a while is fine, it's just when it gets, and then the poor person I finally snap on, yeah, I, I feel really bad, <laughs> you know, I'm like, look, I'm sorry, you're the one I chose, but like, it's happened like 30 times in the last five minutes, so. Um, you know what's so funny, I just realized when I was doing some more research on you, um, oh yeah, you went in depth? I went in depth, and uh, <laughs> I found out. Your name, your middle name is uh, Angela. 
Right. And my middle name is Anne. So we're both K-A-J. That's just so oh, funny. Weird. Isn't that funny? And people think people think we're sisters. <laughs> it just cracks I me love up. it. I think that's a huge compliment. You're uh, yes. gorgeous. Oh my God. And me too. So I, you can be my sister anytime. Oh, well, thank no, you. No, I'm serious. I love when people say that. I know. And it's just, it's funny because you're Johnston and I'm Johnson. And it's like, yeah, we're totally sisters. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we're but both yes, Kjo, so it we, works. we are, we are, and it's just funny to me because we are so similar. I mean, we're both tall and outspoken, and um, you're wildly successful on television, and I'm not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tiny difference. <laughs> yeah, just, um, just, but no, you know, it's funny because when I when I came back on, I sort of talked about this last time on your show, but when I came back on Twitter after a long break, I took off like two years, but I came back on during the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. Oh yeah. And um and then I that's when I met you sort yeah. of. I mean, I put that in quotes, but it was, and I through you was introduced to so many cool people, <laughs> Molly Jong Fast yeah. and uh, you know, the list goes on and on and Myth, I think you yes. introduced me to just a bunch of people. And so it really changed Twitter for me because you know, initially Twitter was more about you know, promoting, certainly I went on to help sell my book and right. try, you know, and I loved connecting with people, but this time, obviously the resistance <laughs> and sort of the whole Trump thing, but it really has helped me connect with people in a much more sort of profound way yeah. and sort of less superficial way. And I owe a lot of that to you. So oh, thank you. Well, thank you. That makes me feel <laughs> really good. Um, so let's get into this with mom, because first I want to say this. I don't even remember when I stopped watching regular sitcoms. I mean, I used to be like the sit. I watched every sitcom, right? And right. um, and then I kind of stopped. And I'm gonna guess it was probably around the uh, like 2008, 2009. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really anymore a big. I mean, I watch a lot of television. I watch a lot of cable and stuff like that. But um, yeah. the sitcom thing isn't working for me. And so I started watching Mom because you're on it. And I think I told Aww. you this on Twitter um, that. When your show is on, every Friday I do the after party with Bob Seska. And yeah. and then I go into my room and I put I lay in my bed and I put my cat in the crook <laughs> of my shoulders and I put like the computer on my stomach Aww. and I watch mom. And it's so it's like this thing and I love it. Thank and it's so you. great because uh, like the whole, you know, it's cold here when I watch. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's like a cozy thing. And I just love Aww. it. That's great. Well, listen, I I mean, listen, you know, I've been around a long time and (laughs) for, and I've worked, I've done a lot of jobs, but this is by far the best job I've ever had because, well, it's a couple different things. Obviously the writing is, I think so good. It is. Um, but it's, well, it's sort of rare nowadays for a sitcom to be so, I don't know, it's irreverent and it's, it doesn't feel like a network sitcom to me other than the four camera audience thing. But the other thing is, you know, obviously it's about a subject matter recovery that is very near to my heart and it's all these great women. So it's kind of, this you know perfect storm mm-hmm. of like the greatest job I'll ever have so <laughs> I am a huge fan of it as well and I'm so glad everybody I mean obviously I came on so late in the day yeah it had been on six years five years before I joined but um I just love it I just think it's it's I love going there every single day so now am I correct in that you've worked with Allison Jenny before 
I actually know we, oh, okay. we knew each we've known each other forever from the theater world, but we never worked together. Um, so hmm. that's been great, and she's a great friend. I just love her. Yeah, she's, well, she's I mean, everything she seems... you would hope she would be. You know, yeah. she really is. She's yeah, the real deal. And you know what's great is uh, Bob, my boyfriend. He used to have a crush on her, and I just like I was so impressed when I heard that because I just thought, wow, she's. <laughs> you know, people don't usually list Alice and Janney as their like crushes, and so it's like to he, but she's, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, I mean, she and she's really smart, is. and she's, she's so yeah. hot. I think <laughs> not only because she's so smart, but she is like her body. I know she's got, she's got it going on. I know. Seriously, I know she does. Um, I just like, and she's also just humble. I don't know. She's if I was a guy or I swung that way she'd be my girl for sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious and she's you know hot. what else is so cool I mean it's kind of cool but back in 2014 I gave a speech about the ERA on the uh, at the Capitol building for we are woman and actually Mimi Kennedy was supposed to oh yeah give a speech but she couldn't make it so that was that bummed well me out. she is you know she's a hippie she's yeah. like from that world like she's like you know say no to nukes i mean she's that right. girl yeah so she she's very politically active the whole cast kind of is but especially obviously me and then <laughs> uh, and allison is but she's quieter about it just because yeah. she's sort of quieter about everything yeah. than i am and then um but bill fichter who's not on twitter i wish he was but he is you know he and i sit there and talk trump all day long and laugh at each other. Wow, that's stuff. good to know. That's and, good to know. Yeah, I used no, to have a crush way, on him. He's very, very cool. And uh, I, I used to see him, him and, all the time. And in Mimi, Glendale. of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, but I used to see uh, Bill all the time. I know, of course, know him as William, but um, in, in the more professional way because I've never yeah, met him. Of course. <laughs> but I would see him all the time when I lived in Glendale. So that was kind of funny. And yeah, I, he's just such a good guy. I mean, I just, I, he's, he's so. I mean, to have the kind of personality where all these women and all these dynamics yeah. are there and he's like the only guy and he gets along with i mean he's just got the perfect amount of testosterone for us <laughs> <laughs> you know it's great he's really just a he's a hero i love him well you do know that women aren't funny unless they act like men because comedy oh is inherently god. masculine <laughs> oh my god i knew you were gonna bring that up i mean okay so does it feel weird like every five years that comes out oh Oh my god, cool. it's so pathetic and freaking Some Ben Shapiro. And always, I mean, with the exception, I guess John Belushi. I just learned right. this. That yeah, he said that. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know he said that, which is a big bummer. I but know. With the exception of John Belushi, it is always said by someone I find deeply unfunny. So yes. whatever. <laughs> like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. School me on comedy, Ben. Let's let's go. I mean, oh come on. Oh my god. Yeah, no, he's an idiot. So, okay, let let me let me get. I know I don't have that much time with you, so I want to ask a little bit about. Now, I read Guts, which is all yeah. about your stomach bursting from uh, drug addiction. Well, it's, it's really about addiction. But it yes, is. There, that, is the, that is the gory detail. Go for it, Kim. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you talked a little bit about your childhood, and you talked about yeah. um, you know, your, how you envisioned yourself. And so because you're funny and because you're creative, I'm just wondering how your creativity uh, came out as a child. Like, What did you do? Oh, uh, as a kid. Well, I'm, I mean, I, 
you mean as I don't even remember because I haven't read the book in a long time. But I mean, honestly, I don't remember how I expressed that in in the book. But um, as a kid, I was uh, big into art, Mm -hmm. drawing Mm -hmm. and always into acting, Mm -hmm. always. Uh, But also I had a huge imagination and a big fantasy life, which I actually never really knew was kind of a precursor to my addiction, you know, Mm -hmm. where I just needed to escape and not be in my skin as much as possible. Um, is that what you were referring to? Yeah, Sorry. well, like, like for instance, uh, I mean, obviously I didn't stay an actor, but I was an actor for about a yes. decade. And so I've always been creative and I like to write. So like what yeah. I, one of the weird thing, I might have told you this before and I don't remember. And this was actually one of the things that uh, sold Bob on me. <laughs> but yeah. when I was about nine, I was like a fierce fan of the Bionic Woman. So I uh-huh. would go out on the sidewalk and like I would pretend to be the bionic woman and i would (laughs) run in slow motion but it was like oh my god i did the same thing oh that's hilarious with that noise you know (laughs) yes and i would make that noise in my head oh my god we are the same person that's hilarious but i like looking back i think oh my god what if like adults saw me what were they thinking like that weird kid (laughs) that weird blonde girl with glasses it's oh just like God. running slow. No, my parents were very worried. My mom said that <laughs> she would walk by my bedroom, at, you know, when I was like four, three or four, and I'd be staring in the mirror, literally making faces and cracking myself up. I mean, that's how sad it is. Oh, so, but that's I mean, awesome. It's so funny. That's the same thing. I mean, I was just so into my own head. Yeah, me too. And I think, you know, it was obviously it was before like therapy as a kid you know and and all these drugs we put kids on now (laughs) now you were just expect then you were just expected to figure it out on your own you know um so i think you know once i found acting as an outlet i mean it really saved my life it really did Wow, that's that's kind of interesting because I n- I never re- well actually I did do a little bit of acting I did some in high school and I was afraid and I remember mm-hmm. like I was afraid to go on stage and and um, mm-hmm. I had studied though do you, I think I might have told you this too but do you you know Michael Higgins John Michael Higgins uh huh sure he yeah. was he actually uh, I was his student for two years in a row in Maryland when I would come back for the summers and then in high school so I I did get some acting lessons from him but. I was like 15, 16 years old, and I was fiercely in love with him. So, I mean, it was like obsessive. And I had, right. this, I had this friend, Kathy, who was also a, like a six-foot blonde. We were both tall, and we were obsessed with him, and we, we would spend our entire summer only talking about him and nothing else. And oh my so God. I think that I was like intimidated by him too much to learn much of anything yeah 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 you're so, just, you were distracted yeah i was just like this raging hormonal teenager in love with him and then <laughs> um, <laughs> and then i did some stuff in high school but i only did i i did behind the scenes and i desperately wanted yeah. to do the play when i what was that play we did um mary Su- Ma- is it mary sunshine little i don't even I don't, remember little I mary don't know sunshine i think and uh, i remember you know it was a, it was a musical and i can't sing but i was singing right you know, no me neither behind the scenes and everybody's like you should have been in the play anyway so i i uh i didn't necessarily study acting when i was little but or you know mm-hmm. before the age of i'd say you know like 15 or 16 but right. but I, it scared me but i liked it but anyway yeah, so I... this isn't about me i should stop talking about me um <laughs> No, it's actually really interesting <laughs> to me. Um, I I want to know like what 
I know you studied in New York. What kind of acting did you study? I always ask that about actors. Yeah, I studied my. Well, I went to yeah, I went to NYU. So I was and I was pretty. I was young. So I mean, I was seventeen, I think, when I moved to New York, and you know, from Wisconsin. And then I went my first. You know, NYU they give they put you in sort of different theater schools. Mm -hmm. So the first one I went to was I think Playwrights Horizons, which is very. It was very method. Okay. Um. You know, you're in a. You know, you're all that stuff of like. you know, you're, it's really hot and, you know, it's 900 degrees and you're, you know, and you have to like act as if yeah. you're in that. I don't know. It's so dumb. And <laughs> I didn't like it and I didn't learn anything from it. I mean, I really, everything in me rejected it. And to the extent, I mean, it was like two years and I was like, I think I'm not an actress. Like, I think huh. I just don't get it because everything I loved about acting in high school or as a kid was being sucked out of me. I was like, this huh. isn't fun at all. I don't like this. And that's when I actually shared that with a, with a teacher of mine. And he said, well, try the Atlantic Theater School, which was this David Mamet run uh, theater program. It, it, they weren't quite a theater company yet. And so I went up to Vermont just for the summer and went, oh, this is my thing. Hmm. It's just much more um, pragmatic and really about the text mm-hmm. and getting clues for your character, you know, from the from the script and just stuff like that, that I really connected with. So I then switched schools and I studied with them and then became a member of their theater company and sort of the rest from there is kind of history. I mean, I, I really blossomed there, but hmm. it, it was definitely a long road getting there. Now, with, with what you studied, um, was there a name to it? Like, for instance, I did study Meisner, and you said you didn't like Method, which, by the way, I didn't like either, but um, was it just... A- yeah, well, Mamet is... his his. It's called the Practical Aesthetics Workshop, and it's basically it's it takes its roots are in Meisner. Okay, it's very similar, uh, just much more uh, pragmatic and sort of actually initially kind of boring, and yeah. and and then it becomes you know really exciting once you just can let loose. And then I actually taught at that oh, school wow. at NYU for years. I mean, I was there for like ten years, wow. so. Yeah, that was great. I loved being a teacher. So, um, just just so everyone knows, with Meisner, the basic overall is just being in the moment, just working yes, with, with the actor exactly. in the moment, and, and really on. and really, uh, really taking your cues exactly from the script, as opposed to method, which is much more kind of ethereal and yeah. you know convincing yourself you really are that person. Mm-hmm. Instead, this is really taking into it. it it's you know you really just understand that you are not you know you are not this character but how can you bring forth from yourself yes. enough qualities to convince the audience that you are that character yeah so it's i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but uh it's 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 for much more kind of um i don't know it's a lot less loosey-goosey than the other yeah. stuff yeah for i me. just didn't like the idea of trying to bring a memory of my real life into <sighs> a scene where i'm supposed yeah. to be focused on someone else yeah. or something yeah. else so that that well, was that's my the thing issue. you know sometimes it, you know getting lost in any acting technique whether it's you know i don't care what it is if you get lost in the technique itself you're you're not in the play or you're not yeah. in, the, in the scene you're all of a sudden performing a, a method and it's it, it takes you out so uh 
it's whatever helps you, you know, connect to that other mm-hmm. person and the words you're saying. And so whatever helps you get there, you should do. I don't know. If it's a ritual or it's yeah. a method or I don't know. Well, and just just to, for everybody. Just to be fair, um, I, be, you know, I interviewed uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Kirk Acevedo and both of them use the method especially yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio so I don't want to yeah, pull yeah, it it's just that like each, no 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 it's, but it's yeah, not for everybody it's that's pretty, it look it works I mean Pacino uses it yeah He's genius you know I'm not poo-pooing it either at all it's just what what works for you yes exactly it's yeah because I talked, thing like with recovery you know it's whatever keeps you sober whatever helps you in your life use whatever doesn't throw away you right know? exactly and certainly Vincent is one of our great actors yeah so you know, who am I to say anything? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. if it helps him, great. He's amazing. So yeah, there you he go. Is. He's one of my favorites. Um, okay, so I saw you had posted all these pictures of yourself in plays. And I, I know you mentioned it on the last show, but I really just didn't realize how much theater you've done. And one of those pictures with, was with Michael McKeon. And yes. um, I'm so grateful he follows me on Twitter. Um, I'm He's too, amazing. I'm too afraid to ever ask him to be on my podcast. I absolutely adore him. But um, oh, what yeah. was it, <laughs> what was it like working with him? He's just awesome. Oh my god! Well, you know, it was a very difficult time in my life because it was during that whole time I write about in guts. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that London play I did, and I got so sick, and that's how I got sober. But that said, he was perfect. I mean, oh. he is a great human being and such a great actor and it was it was a really really uh, you know above and beyond the kind of biggest nightmare of my life yeah. health-wise happening it was actually a great experience weirdly so um what play was yeah. it it was called love song it was on the west end uh and killian murphy and oh, i wow. play brother and sister and michael mckean played my husband and it's a great play by hmm. John Colvenbach. And it was it was pretty amazing, aside from the fact that my stomach burst in the middle of production. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. How many – do you know how many plays you've been in? Probably. I mean, I think my poor manager counted once. Um, I think I'm at, like, 45. Wow. That's a yeah. lot. Well, after Third Rock – I mean, I did – plays all through uh, after after college in New York and then I did Third Rock but on every hiatus I would come back and do Shakespeare in the Park right. or something and then after Third Rock I moved back to New York and just did theater for like 10 years yeah. I mean and just sure play after play so, I'm sure it was easy for you to get cast well it was easier sadly you know it's <laughs> like you have to have a little bit of a name in yeah. order to get it the good it's you know it's a catch-22 but um it was a great time too i mean i really got to do a lot of you know i did beatrice and much ado about nothing in the park and aunt dan and lemon this brilliant play you would love by (laughs) wallace sean and you know just some great you should read that kimberly what what play is it it's it's called Aunt Dan and Lemon. Okay, I will. I did it with Lily Taylor. I think you would just. It, it's about the, you know Kissinger and the Vietnam War and stuff, but it's so incredibly powerful. Especially, I think it resonates today with uh, you know Trump and all that craziness. Yeah. Well, I just found out Bob just came in with a bulletin. John Bolton's been fired. Oh, 
my God, the rats. <laughs> I know. The rats. <laughs> well, we knew that was coming, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, isn't everyone going to get fired except for Donald? Exactly. <laughs> now, who's going to be – is it going to be like Sarah Palin? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> no! <laughs> or like Jared. Jared will pop well, in. Yeah, I mean, he you just know, does everything. Stephen Miller. I mean, the, the, <laughs> come on. The, the cast of – it's like insane who's running this country right now. It's, 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 it's totally really crazy. But anyway, uh, I will miss Bolton and his and, and his, his beard uh, and mustache, his, his his handlebar mustache. <laughs> uh, if you didn't wow. see Dana Carvey um, doing doing John Bolton, I highly recommend finding oh, it no. on YouTube. Where was that? I don't know, somewhere on YouTube. It's freaking hysterical. Oh my god, You've I gotta got to that. see it. That's genius. Um, he, okay. Oh, I miss him so much. <laughs> I know he was so funny, uh, but he was so funny as John Bolton. Oh my god, with the freaking mustache, it's so funny. Oh. Okay, um, good. I will definitely check it out. Okay, so let's get back. Let's get back to now. I I think I asked you this, but I want to go back with Third Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were cast, and I know wasn't like Kirstie Alley supposed to be like she was also <laughs> no, 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 no. Is oh that my a god, joke? no. no. <clears throat> um, so what happened was <laughs> no, they they kept trying to cast like a, a previous, you know, somebody who was already a star. Yeah. But I kept coming in and auditioning, and obviously doing a good enough job that they kept calling me back for callbacks but each time i'd kick ass uh-huh. and leave and i was like you know from the minute i read the script i was like i'm the only person alive yeah. who can play sally like i really believe yes, that and i've I never agree. felt that way before <laughs> since i was like this is my part and i'm getting it yes so i would go in kick ass and leave and they'd say okay they love you but they love the idea of you know, and they listed Ellen Barkin, Kirstie mm-hmm. Alley. They, I think they offered it to like Rosie O'Donnell, wow. a bunch of people. And for whatever reason, they couldn't do it. And so they kept coming back to me and I went in like eight times for it. And I was flying in from New York every time. So it was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, the very last time I just said, no, I can't do it anymore. You guys, yeah. I- I've come in, I've met everybody. Everyone's approved except the head producers. And I was like, I you either hire me or don't. And thank God they did. Yeah. You know? Thank God they did. Cause it is such a funny <laughs> show. And, it, and, yeah. uh, I was every once in a while I go to my mom's house and spend the night on Sundays. And so we watch third rock and I mean, she watches it all the time and then we just laugh together. So it's still funny and you're still yeah. funny, but were you Thank like, you. when you uh, started, were you at all intimidated to work with John Lithgow and Jake? Oh, it- fuck yeah. That's what I, that's oh my what I God. I would have been. Well, I, I, knew him mostly from like cliffhanger and you yeah. know scary shit and he scared the crap out of me <laughs> the first audition i was like i thought he'd be some horrible asshole he was i mean from the second i met him he was just the loveliest man oh. alive and so i you know but he was it was the whole thing scared the crap out of me yeah. i mean it was just it's it was so good that it scared me mm-hmm. he was so good it scared me I didn't understand television yet. I was young. I didn't understand fame. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was crazy. So um, the fact that it was what it was and is continues to be, it blows my mind. And I, you know, I, uh, you know, French is on mom, uh, French Stewart who played Harry. Yeah. And so I see him now and again. And, you know, we were talking last week, he was on the show and, you know, I was saying, you know, French, I haven't seen Third Rock since it aired. Really? Wow. true. I, I mean, I've seen clips yeah. around or whatever, but I have not watched it. And he was like, no, me neither. I haven't seen it in so long. So 
we were like, maybe we should get together and watch <laughs> a couple episodes. Because I feel like I'm finally ready to really yeah. just sort of see it. Because, yeah. I mean, it had so many different positive and negative connotations because it was it was just it changed everything for me yeah and um and i'm so grateful to it but it also was really scary so oh i'm sure uh, i can but now i feel totally ready to just look at it and see it as a show as opposed to this this behemoth (laughs) well and it's very (laughs) feminist i noticed especially i was watching the first season and there are a lot of um i think I, i don't know if i remember exactly what it was but it was like um Oh, it was something about you having to be the woman. Oh, yes, I know you yeah, picked yeah. the short straw because or something. I lost. Yeah. yeah, well, that was one of the fa- you know lines. And when that that was in the pilot, that line she says, you know, she asks Dick, who's the the head alien, you know, why she has to be the woman, and he says because you lost. And it it was people didn't understand it at first, and it, we got so many negative really? reviews. Really? Wow. Because yeah, they thought we were coming from this anti women right. thing, and we weren't at all. No. So it really was misunderstood. The show was misunderstood for a while before people kind of understood its tone because I don't think people, you know, I think it's got a very kind of British tone to it. It's very, uh, it's farcical, but it's also, um, you know, it's, it's very incisive. And I think, uh, I think, you know, from what people tell me, it really resonates today in a way a lot of shows don't. Right. It does. They're aged or whatever. Um, so I think it was a little ahead of its time. Yeah, and the, well, the beauty the vibe I get. It, yeah, and the beauty of the show is that because of the writing and because of the style of acting, which was not your normal realistic, you guys were kind no. of large <laughs> no. and over the top yeah. and big. So therefore, it kind of just like stands the test of time because it doesn't yeah. look dated. It just it, well, it's almost also like a the play. things that we were troubled by, or each you know each. Uh, episode we would struggle with are you know are there evergreen issues there are you know sort of oh what's facebook or whatever they're not timely jokes they're they're stuff like you know how do you uh you know getting sick or breaking your leg or meeting a guy (laughs) or not having a guy call you or you know just so many different things that really you know are always they're kind of eternal issues i think it'll still be you know, something people turn to, I mean, hopefully forever, you know? Yeah. yeah and uh, obviously you were definitely so good in part because you're so funny. And so I don't know if anything you've ever done on film, I mean, on like, you know, film or mm-hmm. TV has been, have you ever done a serious role on, on, I know, oh, well, in theater yes. all the time, but yeah, not on, on camera. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, you know, honestly, probably every role I've played has a lot of humor in it because mm-hmm. I'm playing it. I mean, I, it's how I navigate my life. So, you know, I like a lot of theater I've done where I've played a dark character, but I always try to find where the humor of them is because hmm. I think, you know, villains or people struggling or people in despair, you connect to them. If you Mm -hmm. connect to their humor, you know, like you see Jack Nicholson playing, Mm -hmm. you know, the asshole, but you connect to him because you know, he's got this kind of wicked humor too. So that's kind of how I approach things. But 
Um, I've been in many dramas. Just I don't think you know. I don't think Hollywood has a great has great sort of vision for stuff like no. that. Like there, you know, when I was did the Alien, that was what I was gonna play forever. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got you know. Now I'm of course playing Tammy, so <laughs> I'm only up for loud, obnoxious goofballs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they don't really understand that if you can handle comedy, you can probably handle, handle pretty any, much yeah, anything. Anything, absolutely. But um, and also it doesn't help, you know, the age yeah. aging in Hollywood is, you know, it's kind of a joke. Really. Well, but fortunately, you're not exper- at least not at this point experiencing anything negative because you're working. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> and thank God, because I'm a character actress and whatever. I mean, I look at some of the girls who are ingenues and they're mm-hmm. aging and, you know, you the surgery and yeah. the frozen face is just to avoid looking 35. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to do that. Yeah. You know? And look, you know, as we talked about this mm-hmm. last time, you know, I have lupus. So the meds I take, I've, I gained a ton of weight, but you know, the great news is my roles don't aren't based on that. Yes. So it's like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, my God, I have to get anorexia so I can work. You know what I mean? Thank God, you know. But some women are in that position or they feel they are. And it's terrible. And I watch these gorgeous, gorgeous women. And every time you see them on the red carpet, their face is pulled more. or And I just go, oh, God, it's so depressing. Yeah, well, and now you're even seeing it more with men. And the thing is, is it's not like – you know, it's certainly not to condemn the people who get it done. It's just the it's idea. It's not. No. It's condemning the society that yes. forces it on them. Yeah. and I Or mean, makes we, them feel less attractive because yeah. they look their age. Right. It's, it's we're doing it to them. It's, you know. Yeah. I mean, because you feel like you're not good. Enough. I mean, I write about it all the time. This whole idea, yeah. like, I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable enough because yep. Yep. I don't look a certain way. And, and it's I don't based on your looks or how you much you weigh or whatever. And the point is, you know, hopefully we can start to move beyond yeah. that. You know, like if you are a woman or a man, whatever, and you support a, a, someone who looks a little different or who embraces you know, they're not, their face isn't frozen and they're not, you know, done to death. You support that, like, then become a fan, you know, support their work because they are doing something really brave because (laughs) it's really hard to be out there as who you really are in Hollywood. It really is, you know, to just show who you are and frown and be able to frown, you know, look like a person and still work and that it's rare. So, well, you know what I've noticed, at least just in commercials, I mean, it, 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 I think that millennials are are producing commercials with people who just look like regular people. Um, Well, hopefully that'll bleed into the Hollywood. That hasn't happened yet. I mean, look, I say that as, and I have a great job. So, you know, it does, it can happen. It's just so freaking rare. And so, uh, you know, I just love it when people like, I don't know, Lizzo, there are people out there who just are who they are Mm -hmm. and they love it and they're cool with it. And hopefully I'm also that person, you know, (laughs) I mean, at least that's how I feel about myself. So I'm like, you know, screw it. Yeah. This is who I am right now. That is wonderful. And I, and I think of you often, if I, if I have some negative thought, I think about how positive you are. And I try to remind myself because it's always nice to hear. Well, and it's the truth. Huge compliment. Thank you. It's the truth because I have battled for so long and it's just, I know, I know you have, it's just dumb. I think also something that has helped you, I mean, from 
from what the little I know of you is just how open you've been about it. You know, I think once you let it out of its closet, you know, your, your insecurity and your feelings about how you look and stuff, all of a sudden it has so much less power on you, you know? And you know, the the other thing about it too, is I'm 51. So, um, (laughs) I, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I feel like, all right, I'm not, I'm not the young chick anymore. That's going to, is vying yeah. for attention for either yeah. a man or, or a role or, yeah. or a job yeah. or anything like that. So there's yeah. no, I, I put less pressure on myself about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm the same way. I mean, there is a huge relief to, to getting up there. I, I feel just like, this is who I am. And you know what else? I really, when I was young and hot and skinny, I was so miserable. <laughs> so I'm like, look, yeah. let, I'm just going to enjoy this time and, you know, not worry about, all that stuff anymore, yeah, yeah. you know, that stuff that's just so boring and makes you hate yourself. I know. It's just dumb. It's a fucking waste of time. It's dumb. It um, is. But, you know, I think every woman understands that probably every man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, a lot of men do, especially now. A lot, you know, I yeah. mean, like I said, when I interviewed uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, he also talked about the fact that, because I asked him, have you ever experienced uh, body image issues in your career? And he said that. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did because um, for a while, you know, he, he called himself skinny, which I wouldn't call him skinny, but, you know, he was, right. he was a, a, a thi- like not thin, but slender. And kind yeah. of muscular. And then he got older and he gained some weight. And, and when he gained right. weight, he said, you know, he would definitely feel the pressure. But at that point, he was already so famous. And he's a man. So he has those two things going for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still, but it's, yeah. it exists. It really does. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty sick. It is. It, it is. And you know what? I do it in my head if I see some actor who's gained weight or whatever. I, initially, my first response is, oh, girl, she piled it on. <laughs> Even in my own head. And I'm like, who are you to say anything, you fat bitch? Oh. Shut up. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. But then I immediately wake up and I right. go, no, I got to, you know, it's, it's, it's just how we're conditioned, I think. Yeah, it is. It's, it's how we've been. And, you know, I mean, I, I wrote about just the other day, the fact that uh, when Ally McBeal was popular, she, you know, she was so thin. And then I believe there was some yeah. kind oh, of a contest. For, yeah. For that. For so <laughs> many. There was like I a mean, contest oh. or something with all the actresses to get as thin as they could so that they could feel like no, they were that like that was her. when I was doing Third Rock. It was a hard time to be famous in Hollywood. Yeah. It really, really, or to be an actress, I should say. It really, really was. Wow. Because you were either too thin or too fat. And I was constantly attacked in the tabloids about weight and if i put on five pounds they would you know zoom in with telephoto lenses into your arms your arm fat your ankles your toes it's like oh my god (laughs) it was hard and i think a lot of that started with unfortunately poor calista you know it just it's sort of it just ballooned from there Oh well, well at least we've come a little bit of way. Now we just have to deal with the orange buffoon in the in the Oval oh. Office. And what he yeah, thinks of women. Uh, you know, I think anybody who follows us on Twitter knows pretty pretty yeah. clearly how we both. We're feel. not fans. <laughs> um, you know what? Before you go, I do want to ask yeah. you real quick. Uh, I know you're crafty, which is something I am not. You right. you've got the craft touch, and so just I want to know about you make those little trays, and they're so damn cute. 
Thank you. Well, you know, it started, well, I've always been really into art and stuff, but it started when I got sober. I was like, what the hell do people do at 5 p.m.? You know what I mean? I was like, what do people do? Because I didn't know what you, once drinking's out, you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. So I started just figuring stuff out and I always loved vintage wallpapers. Mm -hmm. So I had a tray and then, I don't know, it started from there. And now I make, I used to sell them to raise money for a sober high school. I was starting in New York City, but now I just give them to friends and family because it got kind of crazy. And yeah, I became a tray maker, which isn't really my goal. So <laughs> is, is it is it something but you I still do? It. You still do it? I, I do it all the time. I, I'm literally making like four right now. Wow. I, I, you know, it's just a great way for me to, I don't know, it, it yeah. uses some part of my brain that needs needs to be worked out. And yeah. uh you know, to help whatever it, it's more, it's kind of self care in a yeah. weird way for me. I can so. understand that. I mean, because I'm not very good at it, but the times I've tried, I like doing it. It's just, yeah, you know, it's meditative, but you know, yeah. it's really finding what works for you. You know, for some people, it's pottery, some people, yeah. it's yoga, whatever. It's something that just you do that is just for you and you enjoy. And right. I think everybody needs that. I really do. Yeah. So, you know, for you, it could be writing, it could be, yeah. uh, you know, who knows? Well, I just, I, I can, I can color. <laughs> I can listen, don't knock that. I, one of my girlfriend's colors she has she uses i mean these so detailed yeah tiny like drawings and she the most minute color changes yeah. like ombre it's so beautiful see i so, would do look, that i should get one of those that too yeah they're they have those little coloring but they're like the millennial <laughs> thing is like coloring books for adults yeah now. Look, but it's we fun need to, like get out of our heads every now and then and for me it used to be drugs and alcohol and now it's you know other stuff yeah healthier stuff <laughs> and then the last thing i'm gonna touch on is and i just i'm so glad that you do this and i want to acknowledge the work you've been doing to help teachers get supplies oh, for their thanks. schools it's it's hashtag clear the lists and you really pushed it and i could tell from um the response that you got that yeah. it made a huge difference it did but it also kind of amazed me that that it needed that yeah. well first of all that we need it at all mm -hmm. is crazy uh for people who don't know i mean it's I, I, you know our public school system's budget has been gutted to such an extent and it it's been an ongoing issue for a long time but it's gotten much worse lately where teachers aren't supplied with anything to teach their kids mm -hmm. like crayons scotch tape i mean anything yeah so for years they've had to supply it themselves and look they're paid nothing so they're using what little budget they have on Stupid. school supplies which to me makes me crazy yeah. angry and i don't even understand how we can do that to our teachers and to our kids it makes me i don't even have kids and it pisses me off yeah so right, me too. i was asked to help and i did and the craziest thing was that I couldn't believe more sort of entertainers weren't helping. I yeah. just was like, wait, really? I'm the only one helping? <laughs> and then I think other people joined in, which yeah. was great. But it took kind of a while, and it, but it's still ongoing. So yeah. if you're on Twitter and you would like to help a teacher, like, buy crayons for their class, just do the hashtag clear the lists. And you'll see all these great teachers and they put their link to their Amazon wish list. And you can just take, you can just do like a pencil. You don't yeah. have to do the whole list and it's really easy. And 
and it makes such a difference. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, I still think Amazon should clear all the lists, the rest of the lists, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they don't pay taxes. Taxes, exactly. They should do something. Yeah, and the easiest way to find it is you just take hashtag clear the lists, put it in the search engine on Twitter, and then you'll see everything come up. So Exactly. And it's it's really a lot of teachers literally just need, like, a couple paintbrushes. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Or a book or two. So you can really make an impact on someone's teaching experience and the kids you know yeah. they're worth it it is they are worth it because we the children are our future <laughs> they are but also seriously can you think of a more important job yeah and no. a more important thing we can invest right. in than our education system yeah but you know the gop does not want that they no. want to keep people stupid mm-hmm. and they want to keep them uneducated and it's literally enough to make my head explode and if i wasn't already a democrat i would be after this whole experience (laughs) i mean really i am so upset at the whole thing it's just revolting we've really let uh this education we've really let them go as a priority yeah it's it's really wrong holland taylor was talking about the yesterday on my show just about the difference of what it was like you know, oh, uh, decades yeah. ago in this country, how education has completely fallen apart, and it's true. Oh it's because God. Republicans we used to have, like, you know, you know, drama club. Yeah, and, I mean, just we had a costume budget. We had you mm-hmm. know things that really impacted my life forever, and like, there's none of it. No music, mm-hmm. nothing to help, even extra. But we're not even asking for extra. Right. I'm just asking just for basic. bare basics, yeah. like chair. Like they need, some of these teachers need chairs. Wow. They don't have a chair. <sighs> Makes me crazy, Kimberly. <laughs> really does. I, I'm anyway, I don't want to end on a very, you know, screeching <laughs> note, but it, it, it really do help out if you can. Yes, definitely. And once again, thank you for being on the show. I absolutely love you know, and adore you. My pleasure. I just wanted to say one last thing, which is that mom the new season which is already sick you guys will love it it starts it airing september 26th and i will be there i will be there (laughs) yes okay good i hope you like it i cannot wait and i know i will like it and um so yes september 26th mark your calendars yeah and um thank you for being on the show you're delightful and i love you anytime kimberly really (laughs) all right my sister from another mister mrs (laughs) whatever all right you take care (laughs) all right sweetheart bye okay bye-bye I just absolutely adore her. And don't you? I mean, isn't she just awesome? Um, boy, I just, yeah, I just it was funny because when uh, we were talking, Bob comes in with a note, John Bolton fired, underlined. And then he po- he writes, National Security Advisor, just in case. Um, so that's interesting. When I uh, get off of here, I'm going to have to go look that up. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with the wonderful and marvelous Kristen. She's just so cool. And, um, you know, don't forget to leave a comment. I love to hear your comments. And you can also visit my Amazon page, which is uh, Kimberly A. Johnson, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can see all the books that I've written, The Virgin Diaries, Peyton's Choice, American Woman, and Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal, The Pain of Heartbreak. Um, What else? What else? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, Author Kimberly, at, well, that's it. It's just Author Kimberly. (laughs) And then, let's see, I'm just going to put all this in the text of the show, and you can check it there. I'm also going to put Clear the List. So don't forget, when you visit Clear the List, you just hashtag Clear the Lists, and then you put that in the um, search engine on Twitter. And you can find out which teachers still need help, and you can save the day. And you really don't have to spend that much money. $5, you know, helps out a kid. So hopefully you'll do that. 
And tomorrow, I'm going to be interviewing anti-racism expert Tim Wise. That's going to be a fascinating interview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.